This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the Packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch into yet another week of fun and excitement here. It's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free. We give them away like, uh, well, very few other radio shows do. All those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their websites. Though Gardner Goldsmith is one of the uh, the few exceptions. His website's free. It uh, is free. Which is libertyconspiracy.com. Libertyconspiracy.com. Thank Good to you have you back, Gard. Two oh, weeks ago you were sick. One week ago there was a major flooding that prevented you from actually getting to the studio. Yeah. So. yeah. So now I'm here, and it's gorgeous outside. You haven't bailed out. You're back, and, uh, no and you've got the story, which I actually had over the weekend, but we never got to, mm. about the new $8 fee that yes. uh, New York City is going to be charging to actually get into a certain part of the city, as I understand it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, today was the tale of the mayors. On the, on the funny side, uh, Mayor Nagan of New Orleans got caught basically sliding and, and shafting Philadelphia by saying, You think New Orleans is dirty? You should go to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was genius. You know, it's so... Uh, uh, then you have Mayor Bloomberg, the mayor who, down in New York, the Democrats are upset because he essentially left the Democrat Party to become a Republican. Republicans are upset down there because he basically left the Democrat Party to become Republican. And uh, this is the guy who's very much in favor of gun control and things like that. And now, in order to cut greenhouse gas emissions 30% by 2030... 30% by 2030. Yes, the city of New York will impose an $8 fee, much like London with their eight-pound fee to get in after 10 a.m., on cars traveling through certain tunnels and across certain bridges. Not mm-hmm. all of them. If you come from places like the Bronx, you'll be able to get in. No Got problem. It. So it'll be but an when you're extra from, eight bucks. From Jersey or where you're coming from... Right. Uh, Probably Queens through Connecticut or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you got it. Now, this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it doesn't make it. For one, people are going to try to plan their routes to go through the cheaper spots. Yep. They already have a $6 fee to get in New York. They call it a toll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they call it a toll. <laughs> now, this is going to make... So it's going to be $8 on top of right, the $6. This is going to be a $14 toll, essentially, to come in New York on some bridges and a $6 toll on others. And you know, that's I, insanity. It's yeah, stupid. It's crazy. And and of course, this is all done ostensibly, Ian, to save the environment. Well, I think what it's going to do is now they're claiming it's going to cut thirty percent off of the uh, the gas house yeah, right. gases or whatever right. greenhouse gases. Right. I think that business owners that are in this particular section of the city should prepare for a thirty percent reduction in business as well, because I know that if I've got somewhere to go, if I'm going to get some pizza or some Chinese food or something like that, I'm probably not going to go into that segment of the city if I can avoid it. You got and it. That's a great way. You as, think like an economist. If man. it's as convenient for me to go there as it is another place, I'll choose another place sure. instead. And, sure. and that's really uh, they, people don't don't think about it. Um, they think, well, you know, what what is the price that I'm willing to pay? Yeah. Is what they're thinking. Yeah. And and you to know, save it, the environment. You mean? Well, th- th- it's not going to have anything to do with the environment. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> that's that's ludicrous um, and not even worth addressing. That's so stupid. That I'm not even going to talk about what that's not and, going to do for the environment. And you know what else is really great about this, Mark, is you think about what are the alternatives that the, the officials like Bloomberg would like to see in New York City. Well, they'd like to see more people taking public transportation. Well, they're already having some major problems with public transportation down there with people's packages being searched, with all sorts of headaches that they have and delays that they have. Mm-hmm. It's just going to multiply and get worse. In the meantime, who's going to make buco bucks? The cabbies. 
yeah. the cab unions they're, are going to make tons exempt. of money. Exactly. Well, they're already complaining about pedicabs. Now, get this. They just um, they just allowed pedicabs in New York, which are these uh, bicycles that you know you can carry a couple people on. Sure, the ones that they're trying to uh, eliminate rickshaws in India because they say it's demeaning, right? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, the, the the cabbies are mad about that. Anyway, um, the, the the whole idea that. Uh, that that people will spend will come will do something less if you charge more makes perfectly good sense. I mean, like Ian, would you buy a bag of chips for um, a, you know one of those one ounce bag of chips for uh, ten cents? Sure, sure. I'd buy You'd that. buy it for ten yeah. cents. How about fifteen cents? Yeah, yeah. Okay, twenty five. Ninety nine cents. No. No. Hmm. See, there's uh, the, the the point that I'm trying to make with that is there's incrementally there's an issue. Now, I, Ian's sort of like the canary in the mine. He's so cheap he squeaks. I mean, you've never found a man quite as cheap as him. And and the reason he didn't answer the question is because at, at twenty cents is probably where he's breaking him, breaking himself in on that uh, <laughs> one. That, that will make him a success. You know? <laughs> it'll, yes. make, it'll make him a miser. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I, I know what you're talking about. At certain levels, behavior changes, and everybody has these different levels. And you know they can't. They apply things like cigarette taxes to try to stop smoking. They ha- they want to apply in New York. They want to apply the bad foods tax and things like that. The sin taxes are now expanding into, well, essentially they're going to be taxing you if you're driving over because they think everybody is being harmed. Meanwhile, they Mm -hmm. have no real science as to what percentage. They can't even, I don't know if any of you guys saw Dana Rohrabacher, uh, of all folks, who who was a member of the very early uh, libertarian movement out in California. He was a Mm -hmm. real radical back then. Mm -hmm. Now he's sort of, you know, more hardline conservative, but still has some of these libertarian leanings on economics. And he had some of those people from the global warming uh, UN uh, panel on uh, climate change, the... uh, whatever, the International Panel on Climate Change. And he kept asking these scientists, four scientists, said, he said, can you tell me, please, here now, what percentage of carbon dioxide is put into the atmosphere because of man's influence? He asked this one woman over and over and over again, Dr. Susan something or other, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't answer. She said, well, if you look at the, the rate of change over the past 100 years, he goes, no, I'm not talking about the rate of change. Mm. I'm talking about now. Can you give me a quantifiable number, a quantified number, as far as what percentage of the atmospheric carbon dioxide is created by man and what is natural? They wouldn't do it, huh? They would not do it. So finally, he said, look, you know, I, I, I have to just say, you're not giving me a straight answer. Here, and as you know, as much as I dislike the whole congressional hearing thing, those people were brought up as part of a show to try to get the UN's ideas out there to basically harm our productivity. And I'm really glad that Dana Rohrabacher really stuck it to these people. Now, even if this uh, New York $8 fee thing isn't doesn't have anything to do with the environment, even if that's just kind of a, a shell game, yeah. it does have to do with congestion. I mean, New York's a congested place. There's yeah, 15 point. million people in there during the day, and I think I saw in the article that they're expecting another million people to move into the city. Mm. So congestion is a real issue. And to be fair... Um, were we to actually... Wow. Okay, hey, boy. We're rocking out here. Yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of rock right there. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, I see. The ISDN died out. That's what happened. So we're reconnected now. I just don't know if... Uh, are we actually live? No. Oh, we haven't had ISDN trouble since we moved to New Hampshire. Hmm. Well, well Internet listeners, we, come back. we are actually not doing our radio show at this very moment. Wow. As we uh, await the network's return, I may have to uh, go and reboot the ISDN line. Well, as you do that. But we're going to check this. See if we're actually back. Are we back? He's turning up the music. That probably means he can't hear us. 
Hello? <laughs> Born up? This is a great solo. <laughs> so, um, so we were going to talk about congestion. We'll get to that here in a moment. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. We're actually coming back live here. It is Monday night, uh, 9.30 Eastern Time, two, about two hours later than we'd stopped the show earlier. In case you're just tuning in, uh, we are, by the way, not on the radio. This is going to be an internet half hour. We can cuss if we want. We can fucking cuss. Gosh, that's damn. great. Uh, so, yes. I don't think it's a good idea for me to practice that. No, you're right. All right. So, internet show, amp, uh, amp lines are available... Make sure those are working. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, I shut off the phone box. Here, Mark, cover for me for a moment. All right. Well, um, I don't know what we're uh, going to be discussing this evening. Do you have any show prep? Um, I've got fem- former female officer arrested with blood alcohol level of point four seven. No, I, I still want to talk about what we were talking about with Gardner here. We okay. sent Gardner home because uh, he was very helpful. By the way, uh, for those of you that don't know, again, just tuning in. We had major issues with our ISDN line at the first in the first 15 minutes of the show tonight. So I think we're going to have like a 40-minute archive tonight, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the first 10 minutes and then this little half-hour deal we're going to do. Um, so, so basically what happened was the ISDN line was flipping out, which it hadn't done at all since we've been in New Hampshire. It, happens, it happened from time to time down in Florida. I never, never once thought that it could have been the heat it and it could have been down there because down in florida we were doing this in our um, in my third bedroom with serious insulation in florida with an air conditioning unit that was not so great well you could have, you didn't have it turned up that's well i did have it on i had it on the entire time usually that we were in that studio it's mm-hmm. just that that insulation was keeping our heat in as much as oh, it was doing anything else gotcha so it um let me make sure we're still streaming. I think we still are, yes. Okay. Um so down in Florida, the ISDN unit would screw up from time to time, and I never thought anything of it. I just thought, okay, well it's you know, it's a bug. Things happen. Okay. It's electronics. It's uh, a telco thing. Maybe the Verizon was having trouble. But not once has it happened since we've been here in New Hampshire until today. And I was thinking to my I was thinking to myself today, in fact I wrote it down on my goal sheet. Look into air conditioners, mm. because I knew that uh, as summertime approached, it's just going to get hotter and hotter here, because right. it does get hot um, for a little while during the summertime here in New Hampshire. And the house we're I in, understand it gets just as hot in New Hampshire as it did in Florida. It's going to get hot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was in the 80s today. I, I don't understand why more people don't have air conditioners, but okay. Well, it's just, you know, old houses, I guess they just don't have them. And this is one of those old houses. This one was built in uh, in 1890. By the way, the amplifier lines should be... Are we working? Yes. Okay, good. So we have phone lines. So if you're an amplifier and you want to call in, you can do that. Uh, But the house we're in right now, built in 1890, Mm -hmm. definitely no air conditioning. It does have a heating unit. and I I guess that nowadays they sell newfangled heating slash cooling units that you can put in your basement. I don't know how they work, but I... I'm sure it's similar to what we just did. Uh-huh. Because, uh, anyway, what was happening was the ISDN line probably was overheating. It could have just been a telco problem, but I don't think so. Um, the ISDN line overheating, all of my equipment in my rack getting very hot. It's only 76 degrees in the studio. 
So I thought, gosh, you know, it's been warmer than that down in Florida, in our Florida studio. In studio? In studio. It's been, well, I don't know about that. That's a good question. I don't know. I think, I don't think that equipment can handle anything above 70 degrees. Man, I don't know, man. You but might you're be right. right. It, there hasn't been any problem at all. Well, with... because if it's 70 degrees over where the thermostat is, the thermostat's across the room from the equipment. Yeah, which that is... equipment racks just, you know, there's four, there's four microphone processors. There's the ISDN. There's mm-hmm. the phone line. There's the uh, compeller. Uh, there's a computer in that rack. Mm-hmm. And so that rack gets hot. And that was what was going on. So we had to abort the show. Had to put on archives for a little while as we rushed down to Home Depot. Guard, uh, guard, and myself took our vehicle, and uh, you went on your own. We mm-hmm. met up at Home Depot and looked at all the air conditioners. And nowadays they've got these newfangled portable air conditioner units. You know, most people are used to the. I've never seen these before. Wall, or a window unit. Before tonight, never yeah. seen these things. Oh, I've most, seen them. Most people are aware of the window unit. Yeah, <laughs> Ian. Everybody's aware of these portable units too. I don't know if I wasn't aware of it. There's somebody you don't out get there. Out. That was, but just because you don't wait, that's not fair. I it get is out. I was at the free keen meeting this weekend. And did they have a portable air conditioner? You have to get out more than once a week to be able to see something. Just like because this. I don't get out to the well, air conditioning section of Home Depot on no, a regular no, no, basis. No. I saw one of these in 2002 at a Starbucks in Sarasota, Florida. I've okay. seen it five years before you. Why? Because you don't get out, my friend. It doesn't have anything to do with Home Depot. It has to do with you, you know, go in places and stuff. It doesn't matter. It's fine. You got to see it. You understood enough about it. You're not bad guy, but you don't get out. So anyway, uh, there's these newfangled uh, in indoor air conditioning units that you basically you just pipe out to uh, out to a window or something. Mm-hmm. And and the one of them was labeled super quiet or library quiet. So I figured, all right, well that's the way to go. It was yeah. also the most expensive one. So you know. I'm with that. It's uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy something, you might as well buy the library quiet one. But at this point, we're we're not actually running that unit, so we're not we connected don't know to the network. We just uh, came back in. Uh, discovered that there's a little bit of carpentry work that needs to be done before this uh, installation be completed. That would have that will hopefully will happen and complete tomorrow morning. We'll test the air conditioning unit tomorrow at some point, mm-hmm. and if everything goes smoothly, hopefully, then we'll have uh, a regular show for you tomorrow night. So that's the situation. So we have no AC, and uh, even though the windows have been open here for two hours, the temperature has not dropped in this room. So it's just a, it's a mess. Anyway. But let's get back to the topic we did have at hand. I don't even remember now. I remember. It was the $8 fee to get into New York uh, City, yes. or certain parts of New York City, I guess. And Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certain that's the part. So, I mean, if you're going to charge people to get into some part of New York City, you're not going to charge them to get onto Staten Island. Manhattan, uh, $8 fee. And I had started to mention right when the errors happened before that... Uh, you know, they, they're claiming that it's a environmental thing. Like, they're uh-huh. going to cut 30% emissions or whatever by doing this. Well, what they're going to do is... The, <laughs> as though that's going to do anything for the rest of the world. I mean, New York is a speck. A speck. And I'm sorry, 17 million people is a lot of people. But I don't, how many cars are they really going to keep out? And how much exhaust is going to be stopped? I mean, don't most people drive a car somewhere into Manhattan and then stop it? And park it for the day and then drive it out, I would think. I guess. Those are the people that would be dissuaded. It wouldn't be people doing business. People doing business are just going to increase their prices by $16 a day. Right, and which is going to hurt. It's going to hurt the economy, of course. It's going to hurt the businesses. It's going to hurt the businesses because they just aren't going to have as many people coming into the area. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then everybody else is going to be inconvenienced. 
So it's, I don't know how they're going to... I didn't read uh, the article. Gardner had it, so we're just kind of expounding on the idea at this mm-hmm. point. But I'm not sure how they plan on collecting this. Are they going to have the, it, toll booths it would on the way into the, on they do every have toll entrance b- into the city? They do have toll booths. I would, I, I would think on every... The only entrance I can tell you about... Um, let's see. There is 95 going into... Manhattan. Um, I don't know how so you would put a toll booth. So they're just going to increase the tolls. So I, they they will probably increase the tolls on the places that they have toll booths currently. Well, anyway, um, the other thing is, and the thing I wanted to bring up was congestion is an issue. I mean, it mm-hmm. is New York City. There's a lot of congestion there. It's not as and bad as it. I mean, you know, drive time or. Uh, uh, brush hour, it's a big deal, but um, during the day, it's not as bad as you would think. Well, what I w- where I wanted to go with that was, mm-hmm. if there were private roads, there there would be different sorts of systems that would come about, and I think that one of those things would be congestion pricing. In that, in a private uh, road situation, and of course, the congestion pricing would be reasonable, mm-hmm. I think, compared to eight dollars. But basically, a private road owner could say, "All right, yeah." Uh, you can ride on my road from eight to five or from nine to five, but it's going to cost you X. If you ride outside of those hours, it will be you know free or it will be X minus whatever. It'll be cheaper to ride outside of those hours, and so that way people would have an incentive to maybe start staggering the times that they do business. If if all roads were that way, maybe that would help actually move things towards a more like twenty four hour society. Um, possibly. I mean, if there was a lot of congestion, just sort of spread that out economically uh, over a 24-hour period. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Does that I, make sense? I, it, 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 yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm I just know. saying that, that, that this wouldn't be unheard of. The idea of charging between a certain certain times of the day, which is sure. what they're doing in New York City. You'll be able to go in at midnight and you want to pay that $8 fee. So the time of day charges aren't unheard of, and I don't think they'd be unheard of in a in a market situation. It's mm-hmm. just that you know, this is sort of this unilateral, we're the government and we're going to impose this on you. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It, like, there's no way the marketplace can speak to this. If, for instance, a private company were to implement something like this, people could complain. People could uh, go a, a different route. Uh, they could get around those particular charges and they could let their voices be heard. In this case, if you call up the mayor, he's just not going to care. If you call up the bureaucracy you're going to get treated like you normally do anytime you call a bureaucracy. They just don't give a flip. Mm-hmm. They, right, why, why should they? So I'm, I just wanted to point out that congestion pricing, not unheard of, but when the government does it, it's certainly not in a uh, market mentality, and it's not subject to market influences at all. So it's just some arbitrary number. I mean, they just picked $8. It could have been 6 It could have been 12 They just picked $8 because they're the government. There wasn't any sort of study done. No, I don't imagine there was. You know, they probably picked it because uh, London's getting away with an eight-pound fee. So they said, oh, London's doing eight pounds. Well, we'll do eight dollars here. Eight. That works. Because, you know, that's where they got the idea was London. Right. And so this is just more evidence that bureaucrats, they uh, they love just plucking ideas from other bureaucracies, from other governments. Oh, that's working there. All right. Well, you're getting your people to dig in and, you know, pay more than they should. Okay, we'll adopt that here. So that's what's going on in New Mm. York City. Since we're talking about New York City, I have a uh, story from uh, from the prep pile, from the email box. The New York City Council passed a bill recently, last month in fact, banning the use of metal bats in high school baseball games. you believe this? This is what the city council is I know, is doing. I read the same, the same thing. It's ridiculous. I mean, how the hell are you going to ban metal bats? I guess baseball's done it, but... 
Well, they have apparently banned the metal bats. Uh, they've secured enough votes to override even a potential veto by Mayor Bloomberg and setting up a possible legal challenge from the metal bat industry. Industry officials who oppose the bill say they believe the council was the first legislative body in the nation to pass such a measure. It also marks a long-sought victory for the bill's original sponsor, James Otto, a Staten, uh, Staten Island rep- uh, Republican who began pushing for a ban that would have included Little League and Independent Leagues more than six years ago intense, against intense opposition mm-hmm. led by bat manufacturers. Mr. Otto later narrowed his bill to draw broader council support. Quote, I know this is not the most pressing issue on the minds of New Yorkers, but I really believe in this bill. There's risk in all sports, and there is risk in baseball playing with a wooden bat. But when the risk becomes unreasonable, people have to act. City Council Speaker Christine Quinn, who rallied support for the measure, said, quote, Is there any difference between a metal bat and and a wood bat? Uh, I guess they're claiming that it's more dangerous. Slightly? We think this is an appropriate safety step for us to protect our high school athletes. The bill passed 40 to 6 with two abstentions. It would need 34 votes uh, in order to override a veto. Speaking before the vote, the uh, mayor Bloomberg declined to say whether he would oppose the legislation. I've been called by professional baseball players who are friends of mine on both sides of the issue, and I'll look at the data and try to decide whether or not it's an appropriate thing for the city to do, to get involved, and if so, what the science says. Who cares what the science says? Let kids decide on their own, with their parents, what kind of bat they would like to use. It's, it's, it all goes back to public schools. What do you mean? But this is a public school issue, right? Or is this is this the legislative body telling no school on Staten Island uh, they can use metal bats? Little leagues are included here. Oh my God! There is a yeah, metal of, bat ban that's in New York frame. City. <laughs> that's crazy. It's <sighs> it's high school. Ba- uh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. High school. It said little league. Okay. The original ban included little league and independent leagues. I don't know if this current ban does. Okay. Anyway, the use of aluminum bats, which were first introduced in the early 70s, have been debated for years from a competitive standpoint Mm -hmm. and increasingly for safety reasons. Critics of the bats say balls fly off them faster, giving pitchers less time to react. Oh, my God. In 2003, Brandon Patch, an 18-year-old American Legion uh, Legion pitcher in Montana, was killed when a line drive off a metal bat smashed into his left temple. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, is you're talking about how many kids? He had to go to Montana to get an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, halfway across the United States, more than halfway across the United States to get his example. You know, kids die from all kinds of things. It's tragic, but who's to say that if he would have, it would have been a wooden bat, that it wouldn't have line-drived and killed him? And who's to say that if it hadn't have killed him, if, is that if it had missed him entirely because it was a wooden bat or because the Louisville slugger mm-hmm. printing there caused it to go off at a slightly different angle or whatever, <laughs> that he wouldn't be hit by a bus the next day? Who's to say that he wouldn't grow up to be the next Goebbels? You know, I mean, who's, who's to say he's not the next Jeffrey Dahmer? Maybe we saved 30 people. Thanks to the metal bat. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, know, don't, but, you don't really know. I mean, how are you going to speculate? But, but really, the kid takes a chance. How much faster could it be? I, I mean, don't know how much faster it is. A fraction of a second, right? A fraction of a second. Because you clock, you, you clock that ball with a wooden bat compared to a metal bat... They're both both of those balls in the in the in the case of this kid in Montana are going to come screaming at his head. I mean, really, is it just a like an eighteenth of a second? I mean, what kind of a difference are we talking about? Would that fraction of a second really have been enough for him to realize? Huh, there's a ball coming at my head. I should duck. 
No, it wouldn't. I wouldn't think it would. And you know, there's a certain amount of time that the brain needs in order to respond to things like that. I suppose that. the possibility exists, but then why let them have bats at all? You know, I mean, how about a Nerf bat? Yeah, that, we, we really, you know, <laughs> Nerf bat, Nerf ball. Let's just change all the rules. I don't know. It's just so ridiculous. Well, supporters used. Oh, by the way, the parents of that uh, young man were behind the bill. The council also heard from Joseph Domolowski of New Jersey, whose 12-year-old son, Stephen, was critically injured from a ball to the chest in a game last June. But while supporters use these and other anecdotal examples, industry officials say there have been no reliable studies showing that metal bats provide greater risk of injury than wooden bats. Hmm. So there's actually no science. Mm, funny. Just, there's just a couple of examples of kids getting hit by balls that happen to be hit by metal bats. How many examples can we pull out of kids that were hit by balls that happen to be hit by wooden bats? I'm sure there are some examples of that out there. There has to be. I mean, of the number of Little League games and baseball games around the country, certainly uh, you could find those examples. A number of coaches, leagues, and athletic organizations, including Little League International and New York's High School Athletic Association, opposed the bill. Part of the opposition rests on the cost of replacing wooden bats, which frequently break. According to the city council, it would cost the city's public high schools $253,500 to replace 5,000 metal or metal composite bats used by 169 baseball teams with wood bats and $67,000 a year thereafter to replace broken wood bats. True, that wooden, many would break? Wooden bats break. <laughs> you can watch baseball games and they'll break. I wonder, you know... Maybe it's just really the, maybe it's just the cynic in me, but of the guy who sponsored this bill, Mr. Mm-hmm. Otto, I wonder if he's got any friends in the wooden bat industry. <laughs> I wonder too. How much digging would it take to find that out? Uh, more than I care to do, and right. uh, you know I don't live on Staten Island, so those people can uh, deal with Mr. Otto themselves. And it, the evidence in New York City is it just doesn't matter because they're going to continue to do more and more stuff. They're just so socialist there, you know. <laughs> It's insanity. I mean, it's it's just nanny state to the to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Let people make their own choices. You know what? You're playing baseball. You are taking a risk. Fact. It doesn't matter if you're playing with wooden if bats if, it, if they weren't taking not. a risk, it wouldn't be any fun. You know, or it wouldn't be as much fun. I mean, that's what that's what part of it. Sports is getting out there, having fun. You know, I. That's it. There you go. Uh, so uh, there's more to the story, but it's just you know, more back and forth between the uh, the two opposing sides in that particular issue. Your thoughts, if you're an amplifier, you can dial in. And uh, by the way, Mark, if you notice one of those lines flashing, I may not be seeing it. Gotcha. So I don't know if anyone's trying to call, but you're certainly welcome to. It is the Internet edition of Free Talk Live. Quick email from over the weekend. We had Robert Menard on the show, and Jeffrey writes in with a subject line of, Saturday show? Impossible. He says, I was listening to the 422 show with Robert Menard, and frankly, I found the concept of being a freeman quite ridiculous, practically. There are two main points that just don't work in this system. Okay. Number one. Now, a freeman, is that what, um, a free marketeer? Well, Robert Menard was, um, I don't think he, I don't know what his politics are Mm -hmm. exactly. I just know that he doesn't like the current system, and he would like to opt himself out of it. If indeed society is a voluntary association of individuals who've all agreed to live by society's rules, then he's simply wanting to unvolunteer himself from that system. So he says, uh, so Jeff, our emailer, says, number one, where does being free from statutes end? Is there any limit? 
if someone can drink beer in public, can they murder other people simply because they're not governed by the government's laws? Yeah, that that seemed a little strange. Well, the answer is obviously no. Um, and I think uh, if we had Robert on the show tonight, I think he'd point out that just because he's not living by the statutes mm-hmm. of the government, and remember he pointed out the difference, but briefly, he pointed out the difference between statutes and the law. See, there are certain natural laws, right? There are certain, uh, there's common law. And I don't think that Robert, uh, Robert Menard would say he would not exist under common law. Everyone exists under common law. And I don't know a lot about common law, but I, basic, but I do understand that it basically says that, you know, don't hurt anybody else. And if you do hurt somebody else, then they can take action against you under common law. Mm-hmm. So just because he's opting out of the government system and all of their stupid rules and laws and legislation uh, and statutes doesn't mean that he's not subject to being uh, taken to task for harming someone else. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the system is either, but it was it was interesting what he was talking about. He's just talking about stepping out of the government system. Mm-hmm. He would still live in, in, in his case, British Columbia mm-hmm. uh, or Vancouver. He would still that is, that is in British Columbia. Isn't yes, Vancouver. Okay. In BC. He would still live in in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It's just that he would not be he would not be consenting to all of the different laws that the the statutes that these lawyers write. That's all. Anyway, he says so, so. Of course, this should not be the case, says Jeff. The fact is that people can simply not do whatever they want, and a government, in some form, is necessary for society to decide where the limits are on people's behavior, but only in that particular society. See. Robert Bernard is pointing out that society is, by definition, a, a voluntary association of individuals. You know, they're all opting in to say, yeah, I'm part of this society. I'm agreeing to follow its rules. When the rules become completely outrageous, then you should be able to say, no longer part of this society. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Isn't society defined in some ways by ge- geography? I think you could find different definitions of it. I think that geography is probably going to be a strong um, factor in, in, in society. Yeah, but then where do you draw the lines, right? I mean, then you can draw all kinds of different lines that you, you might want to. I don't know. I mean, when you, it seems like if you're living in the middle of uh, uh, Vancouver, then uh, you might be part of the Vancouver society and therefore subject to the Vancouver's laws. Yeah, but that would re- again, if government is as we claim it is, and that it is something that was created by the consent of the governed, mm-hmm. then one should be able to withdraw one's consent. I, you know, I I don't know. Just as the states should have been able to withdraw their consent from the union back in the 1800s. How do you dispute? They weren't allowed to. How do you dispute these things? What What am I supposed to do? It doesn't seem like it's going to work. Doesn't I mean you know there's one guy saying it happened I mean there's lots of one guys we can find we can find somebody to call in about chemtrails and tell us what their experience is and how real it was and all that other stuff I mean I just I don't Wait, know what, I don't understand what you're it's you're just one guy's is. testimony as to what happened what happened with what with his whole I withdrew from society the cop said okay Mr what is his last name Menard Mr Menard have a nice day please don't drink beer in public. Um, you know, I, we have no hold over you because you've given us some piece of paper and a fee schedule. Well, I watched a video of Lauren Canario um, have a cop pretty much ignore her the other day. Uh-huh. And I, I, she didn't use the exact same tactics. Robert Menard pointed out he's been arrested a couple of times. It's not like he was concealing anything. Not like he was acting like this is a perfect system. But... What he is doing is he's letting, you know, he's putting these people on notice that he's had about enough with, uh, with their behavior. And will it, is it a guaranteed system? Heck no. They're cops. They've got guns. They, they could hurt you. There's always that chance. They could throw you in a jail cell. 
Is your fee schedule going to get you out of the jail cell? Probably not. Russell Canning sitting in a jail cell here in Keene right now. He doesn't want to participate in their system. Right. They don't care. Right. Right. Okay. So, so I mean, how come his? How, how come he can't? Uh, you know, just walk out of there by saying, "I'm not, no longer can touch me." Like like Neo from The Matrix, you know? Their bullets stop and stuff. Well, I don't think that's what Robert Menard did when he was in jail either. We didn't ask him about his jail experiences. And Russell takes the approach of he just doesn't care at all. He, if the government sends Russell something in the mail, he he'll it. ignore it. Uh-huh. Robert Menard is suggesting that it's not you should not ignore things that they send you, but instead respond to them and I don't know what the right answer is, Mark. I, I, I know, know you don't. I know you We're don't. We're searching for the the uh, the best answers. I just think that I, Menard's I'm approach. I'm highly skeptical of his answers. I just think that Menard's approach is interesting because it's something a little bit different. Something that, if adopted by enough people, could really bother some bureaucrats. So if the bureaucrat sends you some sort of uh, notice. Notice to appear, notice to register your vehicle or whatever. You send back that notice, as he was suggesting, saying, okay, well, here's, I just have some questions for you. And then let them come back with the responses to the questions. If indeed, you know, they can answer these questions about the the origins of their authority and how obligations, if an obligation was created, how it was created. Sort of similar questions to what Mark Stevens has, has asked in court before. That the bureaucrats will, sim- will simply say, eh, probably don't want to deal with this guy anymore. We'll go pick on someone else. Is it foolproof? I don't think so. I don't think that he was claiming it was foolproof. And nor do I really claim to understand completely all what what all it entails either. It was just something to throw out there as another idea. It's, an, because, it's, because, it's another idea. Well, you know, we think about we, we we talk about the ways to a more market based society on this show. And we've identified clearly two possible options. I mean there's there's violent revolution, which to me is not an option. That's not an option. Then there's getting people elected and having them just, you know, take down pieces of the government from the inside. That's an option. How effective it is, I don't know. We're going to find out. Then there's also the civil disobedience in order to draw attention to certain issues, that sort of thing. But between civil disobedience and getting people elected, it felt like there might should be something else that one can do. And if it's if it's true that you can, to some extent, withdraw from the government's rules by, by simply taking that position and, and taking Robert Menard's advice and responding to the bureaucrats with more questions then maybe that's an alternative sort of approach. Maybe if a bunch of people just sort of withdraw themselves, maybe that could have an effect. It's just an idea. Anyway, he says, if every single person in Canada decided not to obey the government, it would become completely chaotic. I don't know about that, Jeff. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, people sort of behave themselves because it's in their best interest to do that. The reason why chaos doesn't fall upon the land without without government is simply because people are, are operating in their best interest. And it's just not in your best interest to go around robbing people's houses and killing people. You keep behaving in that manner, someone's going to get you first. So from from what I've seen in my observations, chaos erupts when you've got a uh, an amount of government in an area, like in Katrina. Like, all the good people left, the law-abiding citizens left town, all you had left were governments, and then some, like, old people in their old people's homes. But you also had governments and then some people that were looting the stores, which happened to be government people as well. Anyway, my point being, there was chaos during Hurricane Katrina, but there wasn't a lack of government. How do you explain that, Jeff? 
Number two, he says, when Robert Menard drives on a public road in Canada, he isn't he using something that was made by the government? Why should he be allowed to use any public services provided by the government if he doesn't agree to submit to the government? Well, I doubt Robert Menard, I don't want to speak for him, but I doubt he's going in and convincing gas station owners to not charge him tax on that gas. So I would guess that he's probably paying for the roads. I'm sure he is. I can't imagine how he would get out of gas tax. Right. I don't know that they have or have it. Have have or having it anyway uh, in in Canada. We're out of time for tonight. We got to get off because uh, Red Bar Radio is coming on here at ten. Uh, okay. Just wanted to do a quick little short internet edition of the program. Hopefully everything will be working fine tomorrow night, and uh, we'll fe- keep our fingers crossed. We got no music to go out with, so it's been in here with you and Mark. See you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.